Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Improved Podcast, the official podcast of Classic Studios. I am your host, Chase Collins, and I'm an aspiring screenwriter who has many a projects in the air, and hopefully one day we'll get to sell those scripts. Um, but for right now, a lot of that's sort of on pause because of what we're going to be talking about this week, and that is the WGA writer strike. And how that sort of impacts someone like me who's pre-WGA. I'm not in the union or anything like that. So I get to share my perspective on sort of an outside, inside, um, you know, person who's wanting to be in the WGA but isn't in the WGA and still wants to continue writing but obviously doesn't want to scab or do anything that would upset the union. So um, here I am. Um, and I also just wanted to bring attention to what the writers um, – in Hollywood are going through because I am obviously well aware of what's been going on for the last um, couple of years and especially those last you know few months have been crazy hectic with all these you know WGA strike talk um, but I realize like not everyone is in tune to like pop culture or entertainment news or um, the screenwriter life so I do want to you know take a few minutes out of this podcast at least it's probably going to be a majority of this podcast to talk about that WGA strike, but I also want to, you know, keep up our regularly scheduled programming of talking about our goals and our progress towards our goals as well. So that'll be coming in sort of towards the back end of the podcast. There's, of course, time codes below if you want to jump around and, um, you know, skip to what you find most interesting if you want to learn about the WGA. WGA writer strike, boom, jump to that. If you want to learn about my goals, boom, jump to that. If you want to hear about my thoughts on the WGA strike, boom, jump to that. You can do it all, baby. It's up to you. You're in control of this podcast. As much as I control the edit, you control what you listen to. Um, all right, I guess I'm going to start. stop rambling, but before I do that, I do want to say happy Memorial Day to um, all the service members who have given their lives to protect this country. We are forever in your debt. Freedom isn't free, and I certainly don't want to take it for granted. So it's the least I can do on this Memorial Day to acknowledge the sacrifice that the service members have made, and some have made you know, the ultimate sacrifice in order for us to remain a free country. So it's important to recognize that and you know, at least pause for a few minutes to reflect on this great country and what it takes to really preserve that greatness um with that said yeah i will talk to you all after the intro music rolls um don't forget to set your goals this week and don't forget to write into the podcast if you have any updates that you want to do um i'll talk more about that in the outro so all right thank you all and i'll be back in just a few seconds All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're going to kick off this episode with talking about the WGA writer strike and what can essentially be boiled down to an updated contract with studios. That's what the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is fighting for, and they're really just asking for writers to be compensated for the work they're doing, you know. Um, so here's a quick ex excerpt from uh, today.com. 
Um, on May 2nd, the Writers Guild of America, WGA, an alliance of two labor unions representing over 11,000 film, television, news, radio, and online writers, went on strike, demanding higher pay and stable pay structure, as well as fairer deals and contracts and provisions about artificial intelligence. And that's all from the list of WGA proposals. I have links to all of the um, sources that I'm going to be referencing in this podcast and it is um, yeah available for you to do more research and everything like that. Um, but yeah, like I said, the the writers they're looking for livable wages for the work that they do, which generates you know billions of dollars every year, tens of billions of dollars every year for these studios. But the writers you know can't afford to live, and so I um, I can't speak to all of that um, in great detail. So like I said, sources below if you want to really find out all of the nitty-gritty details. I can only speak on this from my perspective. I'm not in the WGA. I know I will be eventually once I sell a script or two or however it works. I don't really know, but um, I do want to you know highlight what's been going on and what I know from my perspective and the parallels between this strike and the 2007 writer's strike. Um, so yeah that's what i'm going to be diving into um for those of you who have been around the block you're probably going to be able to remember that the writer strike from 2007 2008 and it had horrible long-lasting effects on the state of television like even to this day and like that and honestly like even societal impacts as well and like i don't want to get too far into like my philosophy on how I view the world and society and everything like that because that's not what 27 year old really knows what they're talking about like I know I don't so I'll just keep most of those thoughts to myself but I will say it had a long lasting effect on television and if the 2023 writer's strike is gonna go that same way for where writers strike for like six months or eight months then we're gonna see a lot more bad television um and bad movies so just a quick example like the 2007 writer strike led to the rise of reality television like the kardashians or um hoarders or more jerry springer-esque shows that sort of shined a light on like the negative sides of america but brought it up to you know the silver screen something that was once like a prestigious thing to be on now became available to anyone and not necessarily like that's a bad thing but i think that's sort of the gap that the internet filled so we don't need that type of content i guess or type of television shows on mainstream television i don't think i think it's like it devalues the craft of um writers and or devalues the craft of television and cinema by leveraging reality tv in order to fill the air because they didn't have good quality television that could do that so it's just that's been a lasting effect like how many reality tv shows are there now like my 600 pound life hoarders like my strange addiction um the kardashians all these the the d'amelios you know all these shows and i'm not saying necessarily that they're bad or have poor effects on society or whatever i just tried to go out but they certainly aren't the same type of television that I grew up watching or that um, my folks grew up watching or even my older siblings. You know, they, reality TV didn't become a thing until 
or it didn't at least become mainstream until 2007, 2008. Um, so I do want to briefly go over like that 2007 strike because that's what I think is most interesting to me. You know, it's the history, and if we don't learn our history, if we don't recognize our history, we'll be doomed to repeat it. You know, that's like a common phrase that I think plays into effect in this exact circumstances. So the 2007 writer strike, it led to the death of dozens and dozens of our favorite TV shows and only a few of which really like managed to survive and are still going strong to this day. Um, some of the primary examples of that is like Heroes and Grey's Anatomy. Those are, or at least those are the two that really come to mind for me. Um, for Grey's Anatomy, it was in its fourth season, um, and it had a reduced number of episodes because of the writer strikes, and the ratings saw a distinct drop, and they tried to do this weird backdoor pilot into private practice, and it was just, like, not well done. And if, for those of you who remember those f season four, five, and six of Grey's Anatomy, like, they weren't the best, you know? Of course, they, like, found their footing with Shonda Rhimes, like, at the head, but there was definitely a major impact with the writers um, not being there and not writing good content. So it's just like, that's what's at stake. It's like more shows that like have a drastic dip in quality and then maybe they'll survive, maybe they won't. A lot of shows didn't. And that show that is one of the go-to examples is Heroes, right? Um, for those of you who don't, remember heroes was one of the best shows airing on television in the mid 2000s um with its first season really took the internet and the culture of zeitgeist by storm it was one of the first superhero tv shows that really garnered mainstream and critical success just because of the quality of writing because of the um the amazing storytelling the comic book influences and this was all before you know, the MCU really took over um, and superhero shows and movies became the phenomenon that they are today. Of course, there were still shows like X or movies like X-Men and the Raimi Spider-Man trilogy was um, coming out around that time, but they weren't on t television. Like the CW didn't, ex or the CW existed, but um, the CW uh, DC TV shows didn't exist at that point. So Heroes was really like groundbreaking television at the time. Um, However, it was a victim to the writer strike and the show's <laughs> the show's quality dropped tremendously and played out for like 4 or 5 seasons and then just got canned and destroyed. Um season 2 specifically it premiered during the writer strike and there were only 11 episodes produced because there was only that's that's how much content they had and it saw like a monumental drop in ratings because the writing was so bad and um it's it was coming off of like one of the best shows ever at the time and then it becomes one of the worst shows ever and it's just such a shame and like that's what's at risk and taking it back um to just not even just limiting this to tv shows but movies as well there's a number of movies that really uh, were victim to that. And two really big ones come to mind. That's Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, one of the worst Transformers movies at the time, if not the worst. Um, but there's obviously been a number of Transformers movies that have come out since then that haven't been as good. But at the time, in 2007, 2008, 
Revenge of the Fallen was like the worst movie you could have possibly seen. Um, and then I also want to bring up uh, James Bond, believe it or not, Quantum of Solace, which was produced without a script. Um, Daniel Craig even did like some writing on the day of the shoot, and it's regarded as one of the lesser um, films of the uh, Daniel Craig Bond um, series. So really, really interesting. And, you know, I will say not like the writing of James Bond has been wholly original or creative to begin with um fun fact like if you look at skyfall and you compare the beats of that movie to the dark knight it's funny just how just how similar they are um (laughs) so and that it's even funnier because quantum of solace and the dark knight came out the same year so they just (laughs) the writers or whoever owns warner brothers i guess whoever owns james bond they they said hey quantum of solace didn't do good but the Dark Knight did really well. Let's let's just do that movie for our next James Bond movie. And then we got Skyfall, which is a pretty good James Bond movie. But it uh, certainly uh, has a lot of similar story beats to The Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> so, but I say all that just to say, like, that's what's at stake here. If um, these studios and these... Um, you know the WGA don't come to an agreement here, and by all means, the WGA is in the right. There's no question about it. Um, if you look at the statistics online and everything, I can pull up some of them uh, real quick for you. Give me two seconds. Yeah, I talk about this on the on my Classic Studios uh, blog, but it is kind of just goes through how. Um, how much writers are not being compensated compared to what they were. Um, so, when accounting for inflation, screenplay, um, screen pay has declined fourteen percent in the last five years. Um, originally, median weekly writer produced pay has declined four percent over the last decade, and when you adjust for inflation, the decline is twenty three percent. Ten years ago, thirty three percent of TV writers were paid minimum which is the WGA minimum, and now half work at minimum. Um, Legacy companies are spending billions on the original content they continue to make for traditional media, much of it making its way onto their streaming services, and that's like a big problem with the WGA right now and the contracts that the writers are getting with these studios is they're not being compensated fairly for streaming because back in the day when... TV shows only went to um, TV shows. They didn't go to streaming services. You would writers would be paid residuals for whenever their episode that they wrote or or contributed to would air. They would be paid residuals based on you know how many viewers and how much um, what advertising was going on to the show and all, and X Y and Z. But now with streaming and streaming companies are so you know tight lipped with their numbers. Writers aren't getting paid residuals, and I think like even Bill and I had to go through this with Disney, where he sued them, saying, "Hey, you can't put Bill and I, the Science Guy, on Disney Plus because it is not a that is technically a re-release of the product. It's not a home video release, which Bill and I, you know, sold the rights to when VHS was still a thing." And Disney said, like, nope, that's actually not true. This technically counts as a home release, so we don't have to pay you residuals on any of this. And it totally screwed him over And you know, for the show that he created and was the face of. So 
that and I might be getting the details wrong on that, but it's it's very similar philosophy of how creators and writers are not getting their fair cut into this um, new, totally revolutionary medium of consuming media, um, which is the streaming services. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit um, later on, but I do want to um, quickly go into what um, TV shows are being affected right now so we talked about Grey's Anatomy and Quantum of Solace and Heroes those are shows that were affected in 2007 and I want to bring that to 2023 what of your favorite shows are going to be impacted by this and it's most of them all of your favorite shows are going to get worse before they get better and it will stay bad if studios continue to screw over their writers so there are shows that have chosen to continue production without writers so if you're a fan of any of these shows don't look forward to the next season they won't be as good as they could be um or maybe they will and they'll pull off a miracle but i doubt it if history is to repeat itself um so here's just a couple of examples Andor, uh that disney plus show focusing on um set in the star wars universe about um cassie and andor uh the uh, rebel who was responsible for stealing the Death Star plans and getting them to Princess Leia um, with Jin Erso, right? Um, so, yeah, the showrunner said he stopped all work on the show because he, the showrunner is a writer. Um, that's their whole responsibility is to make sure the show goes in the correct direction and none, no, no, none of the themes or whatever get um, dropped off. So that the showrunner is an incredibly important um person in the development of a tv show and how can andor be good without the showrunner who is <laughs> shepherding this product um to completion it i i don't see a world where it'll it'll work out well um the house of dragon um season two for all of you game of thrones fan that is continuing production without writers i think most of the show was already written but there's rewrites on the day. There's um, changes that have to happen because of budgetary constraints and all of those different things. So without writers actively participating throughout the production of the show, the quality will drop. And I think one of the best examples of this, save the best for last, is Rings of Power. That show is going into production without scripts. Without scripts. How are they going to produce a good quality show without any scripts or any writers it's baffling to me that amazon is so arrogant to think that they can just produce a billion dollar tv show and it will be successful just because it has the lord of the rings ip attached to it when you know if you watch the rings of power i did it was fine I wouldn't say it was great by any means. And the writing was a big reason why it wasn't that good. So what what do these studios think they can do? It's crazy. Um, of course, a couple of studios have like done, I guess, quote unquote, the right thing and completely shut down production um, on several shows. So um, yeah, like if these shows survive, they won't the new season's not going to come out for a long time. Like, The Last of Us has paused production. They were going to use scenes from the video game in order to audition actors because they can't write new scenes because of the WGA strike, because studios are refusing to pay writers um, and compensate them justly. So 
The Mandalorian has also paused production in another Disney Plus Star Wars TV show. Uh, the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell and Matt Reeves um, um, has totally paused production as well because Matt Reeves is a writer um, and he is the creator of that show and he's like not doing it. He's been picketing on the street um, and it's been great to see. It's cool. I'm like, oh yeah, nice. We got these huge directors still rooting for the little guy. So I'm I'm super pumped. And it's encouraging to see that. And then Abbott Elementary as well. That show completely paused production. Uh, Big Mouth was on its final season and it paused production. So these are phenomenal shows that are praised for their writing. And because I love movies and I love TV shows, I'm happy that they're shutting down production for the sake of preserving these great stories that they will tell once the writers make a deal once the studios make a deal with the writers you know the backbone of the entire show or this entire movie industry is writing without writers without storytellers there are no stories to tell and of course this is all just my perspective what i understand i obviously know more about the 2007 writers strike um than i do about this 2023 one just because that's what i grew up with i grew up um being interested in movies and tv shows and i saw this long-term effects of them and i was like dang let's not have that happen again but here we are in 2023 and it's and it's happening again um so yeah uh this is just yeah my thoughts um about how this is affecting people um one story that really like rang true to me and really spoke to me as was from another pre-wga writer someone who's not in the wga but he but she lives in california and is working on getting repped and is working on getting produced and wants to sell a script and she can't even afford to live in the area where all of that work is taking place and it's just really sad and disconcerting to see that these studio execs don't you know value and have consistently devalued the writer for the last like 17 18 years um if you want to if you want to watch that video or look into any of the stuff i'm talking about like i said there's sources in the description box of this podcast so check all of that out um and talk about it yeah like i'm obviously not hitting every note because i don't know everything about what's going on but i'm doing my best to show my support and show my solidarity with these writers because they're working on behalf of me someone who's that's that's the whole thing they're working for a better future for a better tomorrow and i saw a lady on twitter the other day i wish i knew her name but she was this was her first staffed writing job and it had to shut down production because of the writer's strike and she everyone was saying oh i'm so sorry for you that this happened on your first job and she's like i really could not care less about this job because i'm fighting for the future of this industry if writers can't be paid fairly now it's just gonna get worse and it's yeah it's just really such a shame and it's gonna get even worse with um the advent of um artificial intelligence and that being integrated into the writer's process or the studio's process that is totally like unethical and makes nobody feel good um the that is a big part of the wga writer strike as well they want to say no artificial intelligence like chat gpt or agi um artificial general intelligence can be used when creating um 
content. Um, and I think that is really, really important to have that discussion early and to have that discussion now. Um, another parallel between this um, 2023 strike and the 2007 writer strike is a new technology being introduced into the industry and studio executives choosing not to address it. So in 2007, Netflix was a thing, but not to the level that it was right now. I remember having to watch Heroes on Netflix, streaming on Netflix, but because their servers were so bad, I couldn't even get the video to play. I would just listen to the audio. And the WGA in 2007 tried to have a conversation about streaming with the studios. And the studios said, nah, streaming's not going to be a big deal. Don't worry about it. Don't concern yourself with that. We'll talk about it later. And lo and behold, it's the primary way. Streaming is the primary way anyone under like 65 consumes content these days. It's just outrageous that they were not willing to have that conversation in 2007. And now the industry has completely changed and they still don't want to have that conversation. And now apply that parallel thinking to AI and <laughs> AGI and ChatGPT and all these freaking like robots that are able to write stories um, in the style of, you know, different famous writers, you know, and they're not really creating anything new. It's just a plagiarism machine is essentially like what it boils down to. And it's really a shame that like studios are even willing to entertain the idea of that. It's like it's devaluing. It's putting profits over people and it's completely screwed up. In my opinion, I don't really know everything that's going on, but that's how I understand the situation. Um, oh, goodness. I could go on and on and on and on about streaming services and their impact on media in general. And it's just been really eye-opening these last few weeks just how vulnerable consumers are to the whims of studios and streaming services and you know when it comes to content that's available for you to view. So, yeah. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to get into streaming services anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... I do want to provide some resources on how to support the WGA. And this is being taken directly from their website, uh, so which is all linked below. Um, picketing, donating time, money, calling out studios for being lame. <laughs> That's like the only thing I can really do, I feel like. Um, the, um, the, the rumor has it is that Netflix has been one of the biggest hangups for this, for the studios not coming to the table is because they kind of see themselves more as like a tech company than they do a production house, um, because they developed the streaming service model and that's why, how they produced their movies and they have the biggest subscriber base and they're able to sort of, they have the biggest stick. So they're able to swing that around and get people to bend to their will but like shame on you netflix for not understanding the industry that you're participating in even if you're just a tech company which you're not you produce shows you've been producing shows since like 2000 what nine when did house of cards come out i don't know um i never watched it but whatever uh yeah so this is really like the first time i've really wanted to cancel a subscription over like a thing a company has done to like screw over people especially with the netflix sharing password thing that they're trying to get rid of it's so silly 
because it's one household. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's one family. Um, family sharing plan, whatever. Families live outside of different households, whatever. Whatever. It's dumb. It's lame. You all know the story. You know why people are upset about this. I hope, and maybe you don't, and there's resources down below to, to research more um, about this stuff. But, yeah, moral of the story, pay your writers. Shame on you, studios and studio executives who are making – Hundreds of millions of dollars every year, by the way. Like, one executive salary would cover all of the money that the writers are asking for. It's it's just outrageous. Like, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about pennies on the dollar compared to what these executives are making. So, it's just wild. It's just wild. All right. Give me two seconds. I'll be right back. I'm going to take a breather. Whew. <sighs> All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for letting me rant there for like 30 minutes. I've been, I guess this has been eating away at me, and this is the first time I've gotten a chance to like talk about it to people. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I do want to give a quick update on my projects. You know, I'm a planner, right? If you guys know this, I've outlined my plans for the whole year, and those plans change, but I still plan and I update my plans whenever there's like a change in the plan um and let me outline what my plan was for a little bit because the wga strike has impacted my plans even though i'm pre-wga isn't that like it's just that pipeline you know i'm a part of that pipeline man i'm at the very end of it or beginning of it but i'm a part of that pipeline and so when i finished rewriting touch my um current work in progress my spec screenplay whatever you want to call it um I had plans to go to the industry and like start pitching this movie and try to find um, a rep, um, a representative or a manager who can advocate for me and try to get this movie made. Of course, you know, that's easier said than done and everything like that. And I wanted to get industry feedback at least. But now with the strike, it's like I'm not comfortable doing that, um, even though like I was full steam ahead. I had timelines planned out and what I wanted to accomplish by which dates. But now like the idea of reaching out to a management company that's out there on the picket lines fighting for my behalf feels so icky to try to like, hey, I know you're doing all this work for your writers that are out of work right now, but would you like to take on more work <laughs> based on a spec script from like an amateur screenwriter? It's like, no, I don't want to do that. So I've kind of put a pause on those plans to like get into the industry right now and just focus on my craft and learning how to write better and mo better and better and better and better that's what i'm that's what i'm wanting to do you know what i mean so that's what i'm doing i'm still writing i'm still working on it nose to the grindstone um and that's what i wanted to update you all on um last time we talked i was about to wrap up draft three of touch and i did that so yeah on may 3rd i finished writing um touch my one of my rewrites for it and i wanted to put a pause on rewriting for about a month because it's difficult to transition from writing or editing to reviewing and then rewriting like i needed a break i needed some distance from that screenplay before i could go back to like working on the fourth draft um so and so I put a pause on writing and editing Touch, and I wasn't ready to go back to Mary Lee Barber, which is my second screenplay. So 
I decided that I was going to outline a short film that I was very, very excited about and really passionate about. And it's something I could even see myself like producing under Classic Studios. Um, so that's like something that's really exciting to me, I guess. I'm like really, really pumped about that. Um, yeah, I really want to do that. So that was my plan for this month was to outline a new script and I did I did that I finished that up this morning actually before I started recording this I wanted to outline my um new script new screenplay I'm not going to start writing it until I finish touch and it's in it's getting feedback from like my friends and family um so I'm still working on that um but yeah, I did end up outlining that screenplay, and I'm so happy with the story. I seriously cannot wait to write it. Um, and now that it's about June, um, I am going to start rewriting Touch again. I have two or three more songs that I want to write, so I'm going to focus on that and then figure out how much more work I need to do to get this script into good shape where I can you know, maybe get repped or whatever, get industry feedback. I don't know. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm excited to start uh, writing Touch again. It's going to be so much fun because I've made so many changes and the script ballooned up to like 122 pages. So I really want to read it, see if it works, find out what I can cut and what I can do to make it better and better and better and better and better and better. I have a couple of songs that I need to write for as well. And those are actually coming together. They are making um i am making progress on those songs so i'm really excited about that i even broke out my keyboard um and put it right on my desk so i have no excuses like i was originally just trying to write lyrics and then i was watching a video from john mayer and he was talking about like yeah you can have lyrics but without any music it's not a song and you can have music but without any lyrics it's not a song so i'm like dang maybe i've just been trying to approach songwriting the complete wrong way for these last two years so i'm gonna try like doing a little bit more like improvisational um music writing and see what comes to mind when i put myself in the heads of these characters and see if i can come up with some gold you know what i'm saying i've been digging for a long time it's time i struck gold right pretty much up what's up with me i want to thank you all for listening to this episode i hope you all understand the wga writer's strike a little bit more now than you did um of course there's resources linked below if you want to check it out there's a ton i did a ton of research for this believe it or not i know it sounds probably a little off the cuff and like i don't know what i'm talking about but i actually researched a lot of this to make sure i didn't say anything too stupid but like you get the you get the gist of what i'm telling you like writers need to be paid more baby and i'm not getting paid so I'm obviously not talking about myself. I'm talking about all these other writers that are working on behalf of me. They need to get paid. Pay those writers, baby. Um, But yeah, so next week, um, you have a lot of good things to look forward to. We're going to hear from our good friend, Elijah. He is putting in work to get his movie made. Um, It's a great episode, so look forward to that. He's in the thick of editing. Um, So yeah, it is super exciting. We actually have just decided on a release date for the movie so summer it's gonna come out this summer um and i'm so excited 
to share that with you all. It's going to be excellent. I want to give a huge shout out to all of our musical themes, which were produced by <laughs> Mr. Green Bean. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I said that so poorly. Um, yeah, so shout out to uh, Green Bean for all of our musical intros and outros. If you want to get in contact with me about any goals or projects you have, or you just want to talk it up, cut it up, chat, chopping it up, uh, reach out to me at theimprovedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to leave a five-star review on the podcast, go for it. I will be reading every single five-star review out loud on this podcast live so thank you thank you for listening thank you for watching thank you for leaving five star reviews and i will talk to you all next week with another episode of the improve podcast all right goodbye everybody improve podcast.